Welcome. This is Stephen Harris, and this is the Harris English Learning Podcast. Full disclosure, I am not a wizard. I have no tricks to make your language learning easy. However, if you are mastering English and you really want to engage life while doing it, well then, join me and let's experience the adventure together. I had an acquaintance. He was an airline pilot. And he had an accident. From what I heard, he was a very good pilot, but everyone makes mistakes, I guess. Although this wasn't really his mistake, but I don't know, perhaps it was. He was coming in for a landing. It was routine, nothing special, as far as I know. And as he got close to the runway, he was hit with some strong turbulence, some strong wind. The wind pushed the plane violently to the left and to the right, up and down. Everything in the plane was shaking furiously. And then the plane slammed into the runway. There wasn't enough space. He slid off the end of the runway and into the trees. Pilot, the co-pilot and 158 people, including eight young children, were completely fine. <laughs> they were fine. Listen, forgive me. What I was saying was more or less true. It's just that my acquaintance was in a flight simulator. And these flight simulators are amazing machines. I mean, think about it. You can practice something really dangerous, like landing in heavy wind, and not die. Even if you crash, you live. It's a second chance machine. Thank the simulator for all of those safe flights you've taken on airplanes. And here's the amazing news. We can build a simulator for our language practice. A second chance machine, so to speak. A place where we can attempt the impossible and crash safely without damaging revenue or reputation. It's ridiculously simple to build, but it's very hard to use. You want to hear what it is? Here's your simulator. Attempt. Analyze. Repeat. Number one, attempt. Number two, analyze. Number three, repeat. Now, number two, analysis. That can be tricky. Sometimes, at least in the early stages, we need help. We need objectivity. How do we get that objectivity? Well, there's lots of places to get it, actually. Now, let's go back to the presentation example. 
Let's say we are practicing the introduction to our presentation. Okay, so you attempt, you analyze for strengths and weaknesses, then you try again. You maintain the strengths and improve the weaknesses. That's the iterative process. It's good, but it's very subjective, right? It's just you doing it. Now, objectivity or advice is important. A mirror, a mirror is objective, right? So you could, you know, here's a very simple example, but you could watch yourself in a full-size mirror. It's revealing. A smartphone video camera is objective. That's better than a mirror. Now these are good starts, but it's still you looking at you. We can inject more objectivity in the process. We could practice in front of a friend or coworker. Let them evaluate our strengths and weaknesses. And there's even more. You can inject an expert into the process, someone who has successfully trained multiple persons at this very skill and can guide you with explanations on how to succeed in the key areas. Now, this person is gold. No, this person is platinum. And unfortunately, platinum is expensive, but it's extremely efficient. So this objective feedback is the heart of the language simulator. The more accurate and objective your feedback, the faster you'll improve. And this really sucks because we're looking for true evaluations. And yet we don't feel perfect or good enough. Now, I'm not a philosopher, but in my life experience, mixing these chemicals of truth and a feeling of imperfection usually detonates powerful emotions like shame and embarrassment. I don't mean to, but I've literally tortured my business and university students when I insisted they record their performance on a videotaping device and let me evaluate it with them together. Uh, it's a holy moment, actually. It's a, it's a point of harsh truth. And yet when they face that pain, that, uh, that emotional pain, the embarrassment, the, the shame, it can actually turn into a new energy source that can activate improvements much more quickly. So you see, the language simulator is really a process of exposing our weaknesses. And this, in turn, activates emotional pain. The language simulator is not meant to be comfortable. It's only meant to be safe. take all this information and put it into an example. Perhaps this might bring some clarity to all this talking. I'll use myself. It wasn't an English second language situation, but it was a Japanese second language situation. So I, I think the crossover is fine. Now I work with a Japanese company part time. And one day my boss came to me and he said, Steve, 
could you give a talk to some clients next month? Of course, I said yes. I knew if I did it well, it might increase my salary. So it was one of those moments where I really needed to stick the landing. So the first thing I needed to do was to write something that was accurate. So accurate grammar, phrases, register, uh, nothing silly or weird. So I wrote something by myself, which would not be good enough for this situation. And then I got my wife, who's a, a native Japanese speaker, to correct all the weird grammar, vocabulary, register issues. So that was a good start, but I needed someone who knew the context intimately. And that was my boss. So I showed him uh, what I had written. And then he tweaked a lot of the words and phrases to fit that context, to create the emotional impact that we were looking for. So that process was finished. I felt I had something that was accurate. And now I had to develop my performance. It was time to get into the flight simulator and just start crashing. Attempt, analyze, repeat with as much objectivity as possible. So I, I recorded myself on video, and I recorded the audio, and I analyzed it. And that was a good start, but I needed more objectivity, so I performed it in front of coworkers and bosses and got their input. And, yep, I felt like an absolute idiot. I was just horribly embarrassed doing this in front of people. But I kept to the pattern. Attempt, analyze, repeat, attempt, analyze, repeat, crash, 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 addressing each problem one by one. And finally, the day came. And I was nervous. And I ended up passing out in front of the clients. No, no just, just kidding. Um, in all honesty, it, it wasn't bad. I could have done better. Did you spot the weakness in my language simulator? I could have brought in even more objectivity by hiring somebody who was a professional in this area and who could have coached me on my performance. That would have rocketed my performance. But as it was, the talk was good enough. I stuck the landing good enough. The clients liked it. And my bosses liked it. And I got a pay raise for my efforts. That was extremely appreciated and more importantly I think my bosses began to trust me more because they saw my commitment to the vision of the company and that meant a lot to me freaking you out. Do you get nervous with just a little bit of pressure or just the, the wrong type of pressure and your confidence implodes? Well, I face these demons too. And now here I am, bad Harris English, piling on the pressures, burying you under a mountain of fear. Maybe what you're really hearing is don't screw it up or you'll lose your job, or something like that. 
And for those uh, stressed and uh, sweaty people, I'd say, of course you're going to fail. What do you expect? That's how you become good. That's how the simulator works. It takes a strong soul to live in this world. It takes a strong soul to go, to go If the pilot's good, why does he need a simulator? It's because the pilot's not good. He needs a simulator. And that's the same with us. It's because we haven't reached the level that we have to practice. And that means facing emotional pain. There's something even more important, though, than achieving this excellence. And that's courage. The courage to try. The courage to try, even though you know you need to improve. Do you watch the Game of Thrones? I don't, but my wife does. And there was one scene I came across, purely by chance. I just happened to, in fact, I came across it on YouTube. It was a prince talking about his father, the king. And the king had told his son how afraid he was about doing his job. Why are you afraid? his son asked. I have so many people to protect. I have so many responsibilities. And the prince continued. He says, well, how can a man be brave if he's afraid? And the king replied, that is the only time he can be. So I say, be afraid. Make the mistakes. It's okay. As Ray Dalio also said, mistakes are acceptable. What is not acceptable is not learning from the mistakes. So fail away, step into the fear, lean into the fear, and analyze and fail better the next time. And if you follow this process religiously, I think you'll be able to do almost anything you want. All right, so let's bring this all back together here. I'm not trying to freak you out, but having said that, there is a reality and it can be scary. For those high stakes moments, there are levels of performance you'll have to reach. But let's face it head on. If you need English to help your career, your reputation, you're gonna have to take risks. Maybe you won't be doing backflips 60 feet in the air, but there will be real consequences to your career and reputation if you don't stick the landing. The people who have been in these situations know exactly what I'm talking about. So, prepare yourself. Make sure your language, the grammar, the vocabulary, the register, make it sizzle with accuracy for the context. Then, head to a safe place, not a comfortable place, and crash over and over again. Find the right people to criticize you. Attempt. Analyze. Repeat. 
the iterative process. This builds competence. And once that competence begins to form, then, then go stick the landing in front of those key people. And if you do crash, perfect. You will have failed the best you can fail. You pick up the pieces, you figure out where you went wrong, and you fail better the next time. And I'm not saying that achieving things or getting what you want actually makes us happy, at least not in the long term. What I am saying though, is that there is a deeper satisfaction that sits within us when we improve to the best of our ability. Somehow knowing that you're taking what you've been given and making it the very best it can be. Hmm. And that sounds like a good life to me. And on that note, until next month. And if you would like a transcript of this podcast, head to harris-english.com, head into the podcast section, sign up, and to the magic of email, I'll send you one. And this brings us to the end of our podcast. Until our next connection, I bid you adieu and wish you all the best in your English language mastery.